Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. I want to again appreciate God for this very great privilege to be in this house one more time and um, appreciate every one of the leaders beginning from the pastor, Pastor David Entry, Pastor Awu and the rest of the team. God richly bless you. Like I said yesterday, you have not seen anything yet. What you have seen now is just the beginning. You are about to start. You are just, the foundation has been laid Amen. and the skyscraper is being built Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every expectation of human shall be exceeded Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all and um, I cherish your uh, friendship. I cherish your support, your love at all times and um, I believe God that we'll be hearing greater and greater things in Jesus' name. We're going to be looking at this word that I've titled Increasing Your Faith. Increasing Your Faith. In Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostles looked at Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. We have already established so far that faith is non-negotiable in the journey of the believer. You cannot go anywhere without engaging faith. It is an absolute necessity. And the disciples asked a very important question here. I haven't seen that it is so important. Lord, increase this thing. If we need it so much, Increase it. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 verse 3. It said, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think soberly. God is saying, measure yourself well. Is that true? He said, think Soberly. So how do we measure ourselves? According to the measure of faith. Your rating is determined by faith. Are you listening to me? So I can be 5'2 in height naturally. But I can be 3'2 in height spiritually. What is the measuring tip? Faith. According to the measure of faith. The measure of faith. So according to scripture we can tell you are rated by faith. Are you listening to me? As far as God is concerned, you and I are rated by faith. We are rated by faith. 
This is very, very important because every individual's experience in this kingdom is faith determined. Now, the Bible said something. Jesus met some individuals in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, 29. And I like the choice of words that Jesus used. He said, let it be unto you according to your faith. So, your faith determines your experience. Your faith determines your experience. We are all living in the same world. And for us here, we are all living in the same nation. For the majority of us, we are living in the same city, but we are not having the same experience. What differentiates you in the journey of life is your faith. Very, very important. It is your faith. So you are faith rated. You are faith rated. Praise the Lord. So it means therefore that this subject of increasing your faith is extremely vital. Now the question is what does it mean? To increase our faith, what does it mean? In that book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, the Bible shows us something very important. It said, God has given unto every man or has distributed to every man the measure of faith. So very clearly for every child of God, God has distributed something to you already. You don't begin the believer's journey without faith. That you are born again means he gave you something. Are you listening to me? He gave you something. He has given us. So there is a deposit of faith to start the journey. It's very, very important that we understand this. And if you look all through scriptures, you discover that this is true. This is true. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. The Bible said there, it said, have faith in God. The literal meaning is have the faith of God. If it is the faith of God, then it came from God. True? So, God has given unto every one of us a measure of faith. In fact, Jude verse 3 says, let us contend for the faith that was delivered. So, there is faith that was delivered to the saints. Now, the Bible also tells us in Acts chapter 3 verse 16. Acts 3 16. It said there, it said this, it said, and his name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong. Whom ye see and know. He said, yea, the faith which is by. So there is a... Just, you see, believing is about engaging what has been deposited. There is something that has entered first. Are you listening to me? That is why when, if you read closely, when the disciples ask, increase our faith, Jesus didn't say, I will now give you faith. And... I want us to really understand that there is a deposit to start the journey. There is a deposit of faith required by every... So every believer starts with a deposit. Starts with a deposit. Paul goes on to tell us, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. He said, yet the the life that I now live, I live by the faith of him. Hello. So, this journey of faith is not about mechanical belief. No. It is engaging a deposit. 
a deposit that God has put inside the believer. Now, if there is a deposit of faith, so does it mean that God somehow maybe gave me more than he will give somebody else and give somebody else more than he will give to me? The Bible makes it clear God is no respecter of what? Yes. So God does not have a respect for a title. He won't say, oh, you are, you are a pastor, so you would be a great man of faith. No. God, the Bible says in Romans 2.11, there is no respect of persons with God. So that's not a discussion. There is no respect of persons with God. May I say this to you? To humble, I, I, I like reminding myself of this. When we get to heaven, how many of you are planning on going there? You are still interested? I want to see if you still be interested after I say this. But when we get to heaven, there will be no pastor. That is to pastor who? Are you listening to me? No, there will be none. There will be no pastor. And interestingly, from what I see in scriptures, there will be no title. Because the way God calls people, I never heard him call anybody by title. Samuel, David. <laughs> Why? Because as far as God is concerned, there is no respect of persons with God. Are you listening to me? There is no respect of persons with God. So the implication of those truths put together is that every believer starts with the same measure. Are you listening to me? God gives us a gift of a measure. This is different from what the Bible calls the gift of faith among the nine gifts of the spirit. But God gives you a measure of faith to begin your journey. And that measure is not different in size from anybody else. Why? Because God will have to respect persons to do that. Are you listening to me? God will have to respect persons to do that. So what does increase our faith then mean? If God gave everybody the same thing. To increase our faith simply means this. It means to develop your faith. You see, the disciples were looking for a magic wand. But Jesus was showing them something different. You want to increase, you have to grow it. You have to develop it. A child is born today. You know, if you, if you see basketball players, some of them are up to seven feet six. Seven foot six inches, but they might have come out of a five foot four mother. Why? Because inside of the large size, God packages them into small seed. So they come out carryable, but they are developed and then they grow. Are you listening to me? They are developed and then they grow. The same way. Faith is given to you as a seed. Luke chapter 17 again and verse 5. Increase our faith. Look at what Jesus said. If you have faith as a mustard seed. Verse 6. So God gives to every one of us the seed 
of faith. The seed, therefore, must be developed and given permission to grow. In Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32, Jesus shows us something about the kingdom of God. He said, what we will liken the kingdom of God unto, or with what comparison shall we compare it? And you know, the entire movement or the entire operation of the kingdom of God, the Christianity is actually called the faith. Is that true? They followed the faith. It is the Gentiles that called them Christians. But what they did is follow the faith. So Christianity is the faith. The kingdom, therefore, is also the faith. Are you listening to me? Everything about the kingdom of God is the faith. Now, what does the Bible say? He said, it is like a, seed, a grain of mustard seed, which is sown to the earth and is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. He said, in verse 32, he said, but when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the earth may lodge under the shadow of it. So faith, according to this scripture, God gives to every one of us the measure of faith or what you can call the seed of faith. But that seed of faith must be developed. It must grow. The problem is many of us are still holding the seed. Are you listening to me? God didn't cheat you. Stop arguing it. Huh? I give my life to, to Christ before this one. Now, how can, how, can, how can God, is it fair? God is not a God of uh, argument. He is a God of faith. He gave you the seed that he gave the other person. But the seed must grow. Now, very quickly, let's look at some of the dimensions of faith that we see in scriptures. There are dimensions or there are what you can call sizes. And Jesus describes this to us in scriptures. Number one, there is what Jesus referred to as no faith. And I will show you from all these scriptures what happened that made Jesus refer to them as this size. No faith. Now Mark chapter 4 verse 40. The disciples were with Jesus inside of a ship. And then a storm arose. And this was the response of Jesus to them. He said, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? So there is what Jesus referred to as no faith. No faith. This is what I can refer to as dead faith. This is also what I can refer to as faith that is still a seed. Because a seed is as good as dead. Are you listening to me? So Jesus said, why is it that ye have no faith? Why did Jesus say so? If we start from verse 38, the Bible said they rushed to the master. He was in the hinder part of the ship and he was asleep on the pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, what did they say? Carest thou not that we perish. They didn't say master, save us. What they said is master, the case is closed. We are dead. So, when we talk about no faith, it is faith that is overwhelmed with the situation to where it has closed the case. Whenever your predetermined end is negative, that is it. 
no faith. How come you have no faith? That was the answer of Jesus. And no faith means dead faith. And remember the Bible tells us faith can be dead. Because he said, faith without works is dead. So there is what you can call dead faith. Or no faith. No faith or dead faith. Jesus also reiterated this in Matthew chapter 17. From verse 16 to 20. He said, oh faithless and perverse generation. How long will I bear with you or tarry with you? So, Jesus identified this level of no faith, absence of faith, faith that is dead. Number two, he also showed us a level of faith that he called little faith. Little faith. Little faith. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, down to verse 26, Jesus cried out to them, O ye of little faith. What made him call it little? Let's look at critically. The few things that happened. This time they came to Jesus. And he entered into a ship with the, and the disciples followed him. And he said, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. In so much that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. This is another description. Now look at verse 25. And his disciples awoke him. This time they were different. Same. Lord, save us. All right. The first one was what? We are dead. Now, this one is, we can survive, but we can't control it. Are you listening to me? Oh, I believe. But there are conditions upon which it can happen. That's little faith. Are you listening to me? That's little faith. I, I, God can do anything. But I'm not sure whether he would do so please, if you can, just save us, help us. Are you listening to me? Now that little faith is faith that is conditional. What they were saying is we can be delivered, but we need to quickly get Jesus. He's the great man of God in the ship. Deal with the situation. Are you listening to me? Jesus was saying you can handle it, but they were saying we can't handle it. You are the great person. I can deal with it. So, little faith always gives a condition upon which things can happen. And they are usually conditions that defy responsibility from self. Anytime you abandon your responsibility in the pursuit of the things of the kingdom, you are operating little faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, there is a situation at home, but my husband is the one that prays. That is little faith. Are you listening to me? What you are saying is, God can intervene, but I can't, I can't provoke it. Are you listening to me? Little faith. It is faith that is available, but abandons personal responsibility. That's little faith. So Jesus told us, there is no faith or dead faith. There is little faith or conditional faith. Now, if we look again at the book of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 8, we see another reference there to little faith. He said there, 
O ye of little faith, why do ye reason among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Why are you looking at the conditions? Why are you reasoning? Why are you arguing? And he began to tell them, have I not done other things in the past? What they were saying is, God, you can multiply bread if there is bread to start with. But if there is no bread, what? So there is a condition. And you see, many Christians today are conditional in their faith. This can be healed if they didn't say it was terminal. Are you listening to me? So there is a condition to faith. There is a reasoning. There is an argument that is not complete to faith. That is little faith. And Jesus identified a third level. He called it great faith. Great faith. Great faith. So no faith has concluded negatively. Little faith has concluded positively if some things are in place. Are you listening to me? Now, great faith has come to a full positive conclusion. Great faith. And we have a few examples in scriptures in the book of Matthew chapter 15. Jesus meets a Seraphonician woman. Now, according to our understanding, this woman does not qualify in any way. To have the miracle that she desires. Her daughter is vexed with the devil. And the Bible tells us that this woman has come to a point where she meets with Jesus. Now Jesus, the king of all kings, told the woman you don't qualify. Is that not bad enough? You already know you don't qualify. Now the king of kings said, look, you don't qualify. I'm not sent to you. I'm sent to the lordship. Of the house of Israel. But this woman had concluded before she started. She had come to an end before she began. So she said, Master, he said, we don't, we don't give the bread of the children unto the dogs. He said, ah, that argument is too light. I've finished this thing at home. He said, the dogs eat the crumbs. So whether you call me dog or not, it is settled. And hear what Jesus said. Say, oh, great is your faith. That woman was already persuaded that this man will not go until her miracle comes. So she had pre-concluded the end before she began. Another example we have in scriptures is in Matthew chapter 8. And we have that example concerning Jesus. Matthew chapter 8. And the Bible tells us this. From Matthew chapter 8. From verse 5 down to verse 10. There is this centurion. And this man came before Jesus. And he said, Master, come my servant is sick. Heal him. And Jesus said, I will come. He said, there is no need. There's no point. Why? I am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. I have analyzed the situation. I say to one, go, he goes. The other, come, he comes. Speak the word. Speak the word only. My servant shall be made whole. So he had pre-concluded the end. I don't even need to see him well. When you say it is done. Are you listening to me? 
he had pre-concluded the end before he began. And Jesus said, I've not seen so great faith. No, not even in Israel. He had come to a conclusion. That is what Paul called, I am fully persuaded that that is able to keep that which I have committed to his hand. So great faith is not thoughtless faith. No, it has thought and concluded. Are you listening to me? He has thought, has evaluated, and has concluded. The Bible said concerning Abraham, he said he was persuaded that he that had promised he was able to do. He was persuaded. Romans chapter 4 verse 20 was persuaded. Hebrews 11, 11, he said, by faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed because she judged him. You don't judge anything that you have not evaluated. Are you listening to me? So, you see, when we talk about people of great faith, they are not just people who say, I believe. No, they are people who have assessed and they have discovered that the conclusion is already positive. Are you listening to me? They have assessed it. They have looked at it. They have weighed it. And they have already concluded that it is already positive. That is what we talk about when we talk about great faith. Now, somebody say, okay, what did, what did, what did Abraham see that made him, that made him fully persuaded? The Bible tells us there in the same book of Romans. He said, he said, I've made you. A father of nations. So as far as Abraham was concerned, God has made him. Now, that didn't settle Sarah. Because the Bible says in, in Genesis 18, Sarah laughed. So what settled Sarah? He said, is anything too hard? Are you listening to me? That's the statement Sarah judged. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard? Is anything too hard? For the Lord at the time appointed, I will return according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. She laughed, and then God said, Okay, why is it funny? <laughs> Are you listening to me? Why is it funny? What makes you think it is so bad that it cannot be turned? And Sarah sat down and thought about it and said, Ah, I judge him faithful. She concluded the case. And God delivered the child. Great faith is based on conclusion of the matter. Conclusion. Conclusion. Are you listening to me? Conclusion of the matter. She judged him faithful. She judged him faithful. And the fourth dimension is exceeding growing faith. Exceeding growing faith. Second Thessalonians 1.3 I thank God that your faith groweth exceedingly. This is faith that is just moving forward in every dimension. It's growing. It is moving in leaps and bounds. It's moving in leaps and bounds. Exceeding growing faith. Remember we said it's a seed? The seed is developed and the seed grows. And as the seed grows, it goes from little, becomes great, and becomes exceeding growing. 
exceeding growing, it begins to emanate. It becomes, it becomes observable from various dimensions. The Bible talks about something in um, the book of Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse, and verse 29. It said, and I will make a plant of renown. I will make a plant of renown. Exceeding growing, I started getting results to the point that it now becomes visible to all. Everybody can see it. The results become visible for every individual to see. Exceeding growing. Exceeding growing. Faith that goes in leaps and bounds. Romans chapter 1 verse 8. He said, your faith is spoken about through the whole world. Exceeding growing. It means that there is no limit to the growth of faith. Human beings can grow naturally to a limit. But faith has no limit to where it can grow. Are you listening to me? How do you develop your faith? Are you listening? How do you develop? Now we know faith must be developed. And we have used an analogy that faith is a seed. A seed that will grow needs many things. But there are three main things that I want to point out that a seed needs. And every Christian that will grow needs it. Number one, a seed needs ground. Is that true? Yes. A seed needs what? It needs ground to be planted. Number two, a seed needs water. Number three, a seed needs light. And I will give you a few things that those analogies mean. Ground or earth talks about fellowship. Psalm 92 verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Planted. Not those that go, but those that are planted. Those that are planted in the house of of the Lord that a seed goes to farm does not make it grow until it is planted, it is not permitted to grow. So that you go does not mean you will grow. That you are planted is what makes you grow. Are you listening to me? So there is the planting of fellowship. The planting of fellowship. The planting of fellowship. Why? Because we must belong to a family of faith. A ground that supports the seed in you to grow. Are you listening to me? So there is the planting of fellowship. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. He said, be followers of them who through faith and patience obtained promises. So you need others. The, you see, there is nothing like a self-made Christian. Every believer requires an association of believers to strengthen his faith. Are you listening to me? In academics, you cannot have a good paper without a reference. Are you listening to me? So Christianity is a personal race, but requires a right ground for your seed to grow. Are you listening? So there is, there is the necessity of having the seed in the right ground. Every believer has the ground to which he must be planted. You settle there if you want to grow. 
You want the seed of faith in you to grow. If you are not careful, if you plant a seed in the wrong environment, it will not grow, it will die. So you require the right environment to see your seed grow. You want to grow in faith, you need the right fellowship. I love what pastor said when he was teaching. He said, if you speak negatively, if I cannot rebuke you, I will avoid you. Why? Because company, the fellowship to which you belong, the Bible said, evil communication corrupt good manners. I can also say it this way, evil association, evil fellowship corrupts good faith. You know, the Bible talks about faith unfeigned. It means faith can be defiled by evil association. So every child of God requires fellowship to grow. Fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. The Bible tells us not forsaking the fellowship together of, of ourselves in one another and exhorting ourselves so much more as ye see the day approaching. So fellowship. Fellowship. There are people who are here today that your faith would have moved a certain dimension between yesterday and today by being here. Are you listening to me? Why? Fellowship grows faith. Fellowship grows faith. Fellowship grows faith. Iron sharpened iron. Iron sharpened iron. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17. In Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3, he said, Blessed is the man that stands not in the way of sinners, sits not in the seat of the scornful, and, and, is, and he said, but his delight is in love of the Lord, and his Lord does he meditate day and night now that he has escaped the wrong company, and I believe found the right one. He said, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. He said, his leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Things work for him because he's in the right place. Are you listening to me? Things work for him because so the first factor is ground or earth, and that is fellowship. Number two is water. Water. And by water, I mean here the operation of the Holy Spirit. It takes your partnership with him for your faith to grow. It takes your partnership with him for your faith to grow. Now, Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 7, verse 37, down to verse 40, he said. In the last day of the feast, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, if any man thirsts, let him come. He said, and drink of me, and the water he that believeth on me shall, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit is described there as water. Water grows seed. Is that true? Water grows seed. Water grows seed. And there are two things I want us to understand. It is the Holy Spirit's operation or the Holy Spirit's ministry to us in giving us understanding helps our faith to grow. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the more of God's word we hear that is unveiled to us, the more spiritual understanding we have, the more faith we have. Is that clear? So faith grows by the operation of the Holy Spirit to us or the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us but also the ministry of the Holy Spirit through us and that is where confession comes in the water is inside but you must pour it out and the Bible says in John 6 63 the words that I speak they are spirit and they are life in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2 the spirit entered when he speak 
So the more you speak, the more you discharge the water of the Holy Ghost. And the more your faith grows. So like we heard, your faith cannot grow above what you say. You will have what you say. Don't tell me you have faith and you say what you don't want. It is, I can't, I can't say I'm a woman. Why? Because I am full, I believe to the inner core of the innermost part of me that I'm a man. Are you listening to me? And because I believe it, I cannot say it. So don't tell me you believe what you don't, I mean, that you, you say the things. Uh, I, I didn't mean it. You meant it. You meant it. It's just that you are not sure that you, me, you meant it. Oh, this thing has finished. Not me. I mean, whoever it is. Has you, that's what you meant. And that's why it is finished. Are you listening to me? So, faith must be discharged by words. The more you speak your word, the more you are growing your faith. Because you are discharging the spirit, the water. And the more the water, the more the seed is permitted to grow. Are you listening to me? So you cannot grow beyond what you say. In fact, what you say is a description of what you believe. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it's not really just change your confession. It's change what you believe. If you change what you believe, you naturally will start changing your confession. And that's why we have said all the time that faith is not mechanical. When we talk about confession, it's not mechanical. It should be natural to you. Are you listening to me? It should be natural to you. You should speak naturally. Like we heard in that scripture. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He said, therefore, we will be saying this. The Lord is my help. That we'll be having conversations and then we'll just talk about God is my help. It's natural. He's my help because he has said he will never leave me. So in every conversation, I'm not necessarily just quoting the scripture. I am saying it in everything that I'm talking about. God is my help. He can't leave me. He can't forsake me. Are you listening? So confession is not just saying John chapter 1. <laughs> confession is making profession or making a lifestyle out of saying what is right. That's why the Bible says hold fast to your profession. A doctor does not just say I'm a doctor. He went to school, became a doctor, and then he says I'm a doctor. It's his profession, and he lives as a doctor. So a profession is not just what you are saying. You are living it naturally, so it must be coming out naturally at every point in time. Are you listening to me? So faith will not grow without you pouring out the contents of what your heart is being loaded with, and that is by saying what has been delivered to you. God has given you the capacity to believe. Many of us are not just attaching the right things to it. So we said, you have ground, you have water, but you also need light. You need what? Light. light. And the Bible says, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. God is what? Light. In him, there is no darkness at all. And who is God? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the, and 
the word was God. So John chapter 1, verse 1, John chapter 1, verse 5. God is light. In the beginning was the word. And the Bible said the entrance of his word giveth light. Let me tell you this. You cannot believe anything that you have not received yet. It is the word in you that feeds your faith and makes your faith grow. Are you listening to me? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So the light required for your faith to grow is the word of God. The Bible described Jesus Christ as the son of righteousness. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. And I don't know if you have tried to. Many of you perhaps, maybe your, your husband gave you a beautiful bouquet of flowers. Wonderful. Beautiful. Whatever the colors you like, whether it's tulips, whatever they are. Nice. But you put it in a vase. You put water in it. You even give it plant food. You put it in, you know, in a pot maybe and put some soil in it. But you kept it inside. Away from the window. Far from light. It's only a matter of time. The water is there. The earth is there. But the light is absent. So the plant must die. Now, the ground may be there. The water may be there. But if the light is not there, if the sun is absent, then your faith must die. So, absence of the word of God equals death of faith. Are you listening to me? It's a natural progression. Absence of the word of God equals what? Death of faith. So, do you know why some Christians are half dead and half alive? Very simple. You hear the word on Sunday and you were hid in the shade till next Sunday. You never received light consistently. Light keeps faith alive. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and all the forces of darkness cannot handle it. So faith must die where light is absent. When we talk about light, it's not just receiving the word of God, it is receiving the word of God with spiritual understanding. He said, the entrance of the word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. So the word of God that gives light is not the word of God that you just hear. It's the word of God that you understand spiritually. So Colossians 1 verse 9, Paul speaking. He said, <laughs> he said, and I'm praying for you that you will be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all spiritual, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That is when the light breaks forth. When the light breaks forth, then your faith stands out. That is why when a man is sick, what he needs is not just the scripture, but understanding of it. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 8. 
Isaiah 58 verse 8. He said, Then shall thy light break forth like the morning. And what will happen next? Your health will spring forth speedily. That is, your recovery will be at the speed of light. So the brighter your light, the stronger your change. Are you listening to me? So the battle is a battle of light. Now, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. We all beholding as in a glass the glory of God. We are changed into this. Now, let me help us to understand this. He said, we are beholding as in a glass. And if you read from verse 16, he's talking about the word of God itself. Because some of us that read, he said, we are reading with the veil still upon our face. So he's talking about the word of God. Now he said, we all beholding as in a glass. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. There are different lights here. And every one of them is at different levels or different strengths. Are you listening to me? So, if I see, let me give us a practical example. You know the touch light? Some of us have a touch light. And others, we have these halogen lights. And then there are the lights they call floodlights. We use them in stadiums. Big floodlights. They are all lights, different degrees. So when we open God's word, the Bible said there is light there. But the degree of light you see determines the degree of change you see. I cannot change beyond my light. My faith cannot grow beyond my light. So if I am seeing touch light, I will grow touch light. If I'm seeing halogen light, I will grow halogen light. If I'm seeing flood light, I will grow flood light. So, the, you know, the intensity of light determines the veracity of faith. Are you listening to me? So, you don't just, you are in the, you are in the right fellowship. You are saying the right things, but you need the right light. You need the right light. You need the right light. Now, for example, let me use the subject of healing. Every one of us believes in healing. You better believe it. Are you listening to me? But why... If you say you have headache, oh, no problem. Father, heal me now. In Jesus' name. Amen. The light you have says headache is a small matter. Are you listening to me? Now, cancer. <laughs> That's a serious issue now. Are you listening to me? God can heal headache. On the spot. So I prayed and God healed me immediately. But cancer. It's a different process. Maybe it may take some. God will heal me, I know. But it will take some time. <laughs> Why? I have a headache light. Touch light can handle headache. A candle can handle headache. 
but this is cancer. I mean, this is cancer. This is cancer. Do you understand what cancer is? This is cancer. We are talking about it's a serious matter. It's cancer. So, my light means I can be healed of headache now. But when it comes to cancer, it's a process. You know, you can take a torchlight and walk from here all the way to Kent with a torchlight. It's a process. If your car now, you put a torchlight in front and you want to drive from here, you have to drive carefully. Is that true? But if you have, you know, a higher light, you move faster. The greater the light, the quicker things are. So I can get results quickly depending on the kind of light I have. This is not just healing. Hear what, hear what God said to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, you have seen well. I will now hasten my word to perform it. Because you, you have seen well enough. It will happen quick enough. So, where you are going is not far. It's the light you have that is the problem. Are you listening to me? It's the light you have that is the problem. So, greater intensity of light means greater veracity of faith. Your faith will be as, as potent as your light. And that is why there is necessity for revelation. You are a Christian. If you are barren of revelation, you are barren of light. So the light you require, all you do as a, as a believer is settle down with God. Let the light break forth. He said, and then your health will spring forth speedily. Things will happen at the speed of your light. The speed of your light. The speed of your light. So your own light is what determines your own speed. What I'm trying to show us today is that this issue of revelation is a principal matter in the journey of faith. Let, if the sun goes into hiding, every plant is dead. No matter how much water you flood it with. No matter how much earth you cover it with, every plant is dead because light is a central force of the universe. Revelation is a central force of faith. No matter what you put around faith, if you take light, faith dies. Are you listening to me? If you take light, faith dies. So it's all a matter of revelation. That's why you discover Jesus looked at them and said, why is it you have no faith? They saw a situation that according to them, this situation must destroy our situation. I mean, we are perishing with it. Master, do you not care that we perish? He said, why is it you have no faith? And then they saw another situation. We forgot the bread. So what can happen? He said, why I, oh ye of little faith, do you not remember that I multiplied bread? Do you not remember? Jesus was saying, Did, can, didn't you see anything from the things that were happening? Didn't you get any light? Did you have any revelation? And then Jesus gets to the centurion and the Seraphonician woman and they had concluded some matters on the basis of light. 
And that light determined their speed. When that woman got home, he said, when did this child get here? They found out it was the self-same hour. The speed, a product of the light. What am I saying to you? Invest your life in light. And then your faith will grow. That's it. Invest your life in light. Now the question is this. Now, you are going into 2014. It's a glorious year. In that thing you do, what will make your experience better next year than this year? What have you seen to secure next year that is different from this year? Because the path of the just shining light. So you cannot move further if your light is not brighter. Are you listening to me? You come, so it's not just arriving. You see, everybody will arrive 2014. But what will make it different from 2013 is brighter light, which brings stronger faith and delivers greater result. Are you listening to me? That is why it is a travesty for you not to understand better in the new year than you understood this year. It's not, oh, it's a new year. We have new year resolution. You know how many you have written? Since you have been alive, be writing new year resolution. Oh, this year will be great. It must be good. But you refuse to know something more than you knew last year. You are walking at the speed of experience. It's dangerous. Are you listening to me? It is dangerous. People of God, settle down. Get books that will help you. Enter the service. Open your ear. Open your heart. Pastor settles down here to teach you continuously every day. You are only appearing. They say, oh, it's faith. I heard it. I heard faith. We spoke about faith before. He said, we're talking about praise today. Ah, praise. Pastor preached a a series on praise last year. (laughs) Oh, we're going to talk about prayer. In fact, two years ago, there was a powerful series. So all we are doing is we are living based on experience. A wise man said to do the same thing, to expect a different result is insanity manifested. So if you enter 2014, how you entered 2013, and you claim that 2014 will be different from 2013. That is spiritual madness. You know, there are different kind of madness. There is physical madness when the mind turns. Then there is spiritual madness when you refuse to grow. Are you listening to me? So you say, oh, I'm not a pastor. I don't need to read books. Okay. I don't need to go to church. Pastor said, we're going to start a, 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 a series on, uh, on prayer. I don't think I'll go this month. I heard some powerful series last year. <laughs> series last year. Powerful series last year. I mean, as far as prayer, I'm a settled person. It means that what you got last year from prayer, you will get it again. The same level. 
you listening to me? Why? You need more light to gain more speed. Are you listening to me? So he says, arise, shine, for your light has come. You will never be more attractive than the level of light you have. For the Gentiles shall come to thy light and to the brightness of your rising. So what will make you more attractive? That business you own, what will make more customers come next year than how they came this year? You need better light. The Gentiles come to light and to the brightness of thy rising. That career you have that you have been going to various interviews, nobody keeps answering you. What will make you more attractive as a candidate next year than you were this year, you need better light. Are you listening to me? So, it's in degrees. Don't say I have it. No. Everybody grows in it. And that is where exceeding growing faith comes. You must keep growing in light. You keep growing in faith. It's, it's a balance. So your faith will not grow beyond your light. And your results will not be faster than your light. Are you listening to me? It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So it's not just, oh, I'm a believer. Oh, something must be different this year. Oh, 2014, great year. Year of opportunity. You said it last year. <laughs> Is it not true? Did you say it last year? So what happened? You know, today is yesterday's tomorrow. This year now was last year's next year. <laughs> it will come to a point that 2014 will be last year. In fact, by the time we get to Wednesday morning, we have already entered what we have been talking about. You see, <laughs> we would have arrived there now. So the question is now, what will differentiate your experience. What I'm trying to show us this night is very simple. Invest your life in light. When that occurs, you are set to shine. Are you listening to me? So the subject of faith requires light. Light is revelation. And revelation is in decrease. There is what you will see now that will terminate cancer. There is what you see now that, like I showed you yesterday, there is what will kill death. That scripture says, why is it a thing incredible to you? When you are possessed with it, you will handle death. So according to, so it's not, it's not just, oh, we all, we all have revelation. We all do, but uh, it's different at different levels. So break your life into compartments. This money issue, I must solve it this year. And settle down, get light. Don't just, don't play about it. Get light about it. This family thing, I can't keep fighting my wife every day. Settle down, get light. Open your Bible. What does God say? 
Are you listening to me? So it's all in degrees. I heard somebody teach some time ago and he taught a subject that was terrifying to me. I was not married then. And you know the Bible says something. He said, those that marry will have trouble in the flesh. <laughs> and when I heard it, I was not married yet. I don't have trouble yet. What's the point going to? If you know trouble is going to come, shouldn't you avoid trouble? I said, but Lord, you are the one who said, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. I don't know how trouble is good. But I discovered at the end of the same verse, he said, but I spare you. So, somebody who sees trouble in the flesh has seen some level of light. Is it not true? Oh, all these challenges, you see, it's because there's trouble in the flesh. But somebody else sees the but I spare you and decides that I don't have to have a troubled marriage. Before I ever got married, hear me? I'd always said to everybody who cared to hear, I will never have an argument in my marriage. You say, hey, how can two people not step on their toes? It's impossible. It's in, it cannot happen. I can never. Why did I say? Because he said, but I spare you. So all troubles that come with marriage have been spared by God. God is my witness. I have never had an argument with my wife. And until Jesus comes, it will never happen. You say, hey, how can you say so? Don't talk like that. Satan will hear you. I'm not saying what I like. I'm saying what is light. And what is light must shine. Are you listening to me? So every area of your life, my charge to you tonight is simple. Invest in light. Rise on your feet with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, I must see some things this time that I've never seen before. Pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. I refuse to enter this new season with the same light. Never go into God's word casually. He said, call unto me, I will answer you. And I will show you. Don't try to see without him showing. The reason we don't see anything when we go to the Bible is we assume we will see on our own. But the Bible tells us that the book is locked with seven seals. It only takes, he said, worthy is the lamb that was slain to open the book. That book is locked. Jesus is the one who sacrificed for your access. So don't go there like a philosopher. Just ask him, spirit of God, you are the spirit of Christ in me. Help me to see something. Never go casually. Never go casually. So all through this year, the prayer we have just prayed, as we enter the new year, is a prayer you must keep praying. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes. Pray it again for yourself. Open my eyes, Lord. 
open my eyes open my eyes thank you lord in the precious name of jesus lord may the new year for each one be a year of light in the name of jesus let everyone here encounter greater light in the name of jesus thank you lord in jesus precious name amen give jesus a big hand thank you for listening for more resources please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960 god bless you